Welcome to the Fandom Fighters podcast. I am Fern. And I'm Toby. And today we're... I'm super... Oh, Sorry, I was going to say that we're back. It's been a, we're, we're, oh. it's been a minute. Yeah, we're back. Uh, Tobes here has been working a lot, and yeah. I've been doing a lot of really important laying around. <laughs> yeah it's well to be fair like the only time we get for recording stuff it always ends up being like D recording time and yeah. with all like creative projects it's been reset like three times now and is uh we're going on the fourth reset whoever who cares we'll get a D podcast out eventually <laughs> eventually eventually um, but that does have to do with our topic today and why we have come out of hiatus uh because i just had to hop on this topic while it was while it was fresh um this is fascinating stuff here and it's been all over my tiktok and toby i believe yeah you've seen it too which is that's how you know yeah it's it's big it's big business and it's like i i saw i was like "Mm, this would be fun to cover on phantom fighters and then i forgot about it immediately Uh, (laughs) most because i don't watch critical role i uh that's too long form for me and my attention span's not good enough to pay attention to it the whole time Mm-hmm. Yeah, I uh, I started out watching Critical Role right when we started playing D&D because it was, you know, I, I feel like it's maybe the biggest D&D fandom. Don't quote me on that. I, I think it is. I, I yeah. do think it is. And so I started watching, I tried watching Campaign 1, didn't really get into it. I tried watching Campaign 2 and I got through some of it, but then I was like, oh my god, this is so intimidating. Um, yeah it's a lot it's so much there's like i could pull up how many hours there are i've done it before but it's it's a big number um so i kind of dropped that and then started watching dimension 20 and then they announced uh their new show for the summer exandria unlimited uh and i was like i really want to keep up with that i ended up not but I did watch some of it, and I liked it. I really like um, the cast. I love Amy. Uh, she played Shira slash Adora in oh, okay. the Netflix reboot, which is like one of my favorite shows. Uh, I haven't watched yet, and still need to. Oh my god, uh, it's so good! I also pulled up information from March eleventh, twenty seventeen. The total time at that point for Critical Role was 339 hours and 30 minutes. Wow. And I feel like it's probably like doubled or tripled by the. It had, had to have tripled. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's nuts. That's wow. That's a lot of D&D. It's a lot of D&D. Uh, so I was like, yeah, this uh, this new campaign that they have one, it it's much more diverse. There's um, just it's not all white people this time, <laughs> yeah. which is exciting. And I knew of Amy, and Abria is the DM. I love Abria. And I know of her from Dimension 20 Misfits and Magic, which has uh, my whole heart. I absolutely adore it. It's like the first D&D thing that I watched all the way through, enthusiastically paying attention the whole time. <laughs> oh, yes. It, it's it's my favorite thing that's been put out. And that's even saying, we've talked a little bit off, off mic about it, but it's like, it was super short. Uh, and it could have been longer, but it's still my, it's my favorite thing that they've done. Uh, Misfits yeah. of Magic. Mostly because I, I, 
idolize I idolize Brennan a lot mm-hmm. and uh, very much view myself in his position where I'm like a permanent DM. Yeah. <laughs> so I hardly ever get to play. And seeing him play and be happy and like being surprised by what happens is so mm-hmm. good. And then just some of his moments because he knows how to play characters so well. He's such yes. a good actor. Good improv. Dynamic with Lou just warmed my heart so oh, much. Yeah. They're so adorable. Um, but back to Critical Role. Uh, I did watch like maybe not all of the first episode, but I tuned in when they were live streaming it, especially when they were introducing their characters. And I joked with our D&D group because we're doing a new campaign right now. And I had made a new character. And I remember when I made this character, it was when I thought she was going to be part of the podcast. And I was like, okay, I want to make a magic user. And I want to make her like cute, but I want to specifically make her so that people don't think I'm copying Jester, the uh, Laura Bailey's character from yes. Campaign 2 of Critical Role. So I went out of my way to make my character Juniper nothing like Jester, except for they both start with J. Uh, <laughs> and so I made, and people who've watched Exandria Unlimited will start laughing at me right now. I made a character with deer antlers and deer ears and green hair, and uh, she's a druid. Mm-hmm. And imagine my surprise when uh, <laughs> Ashley Johnson introduces her <laughs> character. And not only, I mean, hers, mine is like a a kind of fae-born, like, half, like, fae-descended character. Hers is a, uh, what are those called? A satyr, I think? Satyr, yeah, something like that. Or, uh, like, so, a, yeah, something know, like specific that. specific name, yeah. Hers has hooves, but they're basically the same. They're both druids. Mine is a spore druid. Hers, mm-hmm. I think, is a, I don't wildfire. remember. Wildfire druid. I, it's one of the druids that I'm very interested in potentially playing someday. So I, I remember reading, I was like, oh, somebody else is playing a wildfire. Okay. Yeah. Um, mine has an owl and hers has a monkey. Oh, it's cute. I didn't and know it was a monkey. It's cute. Very, like a fire monkey. It's awesome. Ooh, yeah, I forgot the, uh, the wildfire druid does take a familiar that is on fire. Yes. And, uh, not only that, but she named her character Fern. Yeah, that was the funniest point. You're like, the character's named Fern. I was like, oh, wow. They yeah. just they nailed us on that one, huh? Uh-huh. I was like, I thought, like, I had such a, a, not even an original character, but I was like, I don't know. I put so much time into making sure that my character was nothing like the most popular critical role character at the time yeah yeah and then a new campaign starts and i like my character is basically right there but better because it's made by like a professional actor and yeah uh, player. <laughs> that's a weird thing to think. it's like this person has made it like a professional character but like i mean on the scheme of things everybody's still making characters the same way i bet her thought process might have been like i don't want this character to be too much like jester Right? So we probably had the same. And, like, she definitely made her character before I even thought to come up with, before I even started playing D&D. Because I didn't start until, like, April of this year. So... When, well, did they talk about when they started making characters for it? I didn't, I don't know anything about It was sometime last year. Really? Okay, I didn't know that. Yeah. So, but, you know, I was like, I was like, that's really cool 
that myself and a professional basically D D player came up with such similar characters like i thought it was awesome yeah and then when you said that we weren't going to use that campaign for the podcast i was a little relieved i was like good yeah. I, I i wouldn't want anybody to think that i copied this character but like it's really fine i don't care that was part of it and another part of it was just like we've been having scheduling conflicts and it's hard to get like get things going and then the audacity switch around really threw things yeah and a wrench for us like we we didn't record um like we had one other shot to record phantom fighter stuff and we didn't because like it was like the day that the audacity stuff happened i had to make mm -hmm. sure that i didn't have the newest update for it i was like i don't i'm too stressed out now about audacity yeah that shitty. was very bad timing i do have the good audacity still thankfully and i've made it so that i will never change good <laughs> um but it's you know that's just a production thing too is like i wasn't i love the campaign it's super fun and the characters are fun too mm -hmm. but the setting that i have i thought would play better in a recorded setting but it kind of doesn't because the, mm. like, the way the world works is kind of like it's fun if you want to play like a game that's more random like yeah. I, I was talking earlier about uh i do everything in this game on like random tables yeah. and there's like a fate system where the more good things happen, the more bad things happen, and it balances out eventually. Um, and that just doesn't play super well in audio because, like, I know the, the numbers, but I didn't have like a way of sharing that with the listeners. Right. So I was like, "This is so not they're just like, not clued into that super mm -hmm. cool mechanic that you have." And it's it, if I talk about it in the beginning, they're like, "Okay, that's cool," and it, it could build tension but then it's like you know what no i i'm just gonna finish this arc out and we'll we'll go move on to the next thing mm -hmm. and have fun with that and also hopefully find some more folks because I, I do want at least one more person in the group just yeah. to like i don't know what it is i want six people total for the recording that feels like uh, a good number for D &D. yeah and it, it'll, it'll let me do like one to two hour episodes without feeling like somebody's taking up too much space right. uh, each time because with a limited pool of characters, then you end up like, oh, this person talked a whole lot this episode. Exactly. Uh, but yeah, it, it's it's a lot of work. It, it's it's a lot more work than I thought, but it's also a lot less work at the same time in a weird mm -hmm. way. It gives me uh, ultra respect for all of these other like D and D podcasts and uh, people who live stream, especially. Yeah, I couldn't uh, imagine. Uh... Like, I it's not my method. I could probably live stream it, but the way I stream is I have to be like super into what the chat's saying. Yeah. So <laughs> I would be just be distracted the whole time. There, there's no way I could be live and not be watching chat like like a hawk. Mm -hmm. um, just obsessively. <laughs> but I think like it because you're getting into dungeon mastering. I'm gonna play in your game. Mm -hmm. uh, if it, I mean, we could stream that maybe, but yeah, that'll be something it. we'll figure out later. It's I, I, very daunting. <laughs> Before we started this recording, I actually uh, sat down and taught Fern like everything she needs to know about running Roll Twenty games, and now she's an expert. So yes. it it's absolutely uh, something that could happen. Um, I am now a part of the D and D community. You you've been a part of the D and D. The first time you sat down and made a character is when you joined the D and D community. I'll have it no other uh, <laughs> things about that. I do think there should be a little gatekeeping uh, for the week. There, I sent you. I have a thing. Uh, I don't. Even, I should I talk about the clown thing? I don't even know if I should. Um. No. Okay, we're gonna cut that part out. Yeah. Uh, okay. And then, okay. <laughs> back on track. 
back on track. So the well, let's remove the whole gatekeeping thing too. Don't... <laughs> yeah, but yeah. I don't. I want gatekeeping. That's what I was referring to when I said there should be a little gatekeeping. But yeah, just yeah. Um, that was just a, an outlier. I hope. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but you uh, okay? Well, okay. Fresh start yeah, right fresh now. Start. Let's go back into it. Mm-hmm. Uh, you earlier you said something I think is super important, and a lot of people don't really internalize very well is that there are no original ideas in D. there are it's there's... happened to me so many times already mm-hmm. and i've only been playing for a few months where i'm like oh my god i have this really cool idea for content creation for our podcast it's this and then toby is like oh so just like so and so on on this very popular D D yeah. uh media and i'm like yeah <laughs> it, it, it falls to that but it also falls to a lot of like character design uh mm-hmm. ideology too like um you want to run like a modern game and d20 has a modern setting uh, the unsleeping city which is wonderful it's a very good series mm-hmm. and you talked about having a, a druid that was very specifically like a city druid i was like oh like like kugrash famous city druid in the unsleeping city and like yeah uh because <laughs> people i think take for granted the similar pathways that people will think about things and it's mm-hmm. it's not a bad thing like no. having city like having city druid as like a subclass is interesting and there's some cool things we could do with that right and um, just because you utilize something in your campaign that somebody else has utilized before doesn't mean that you are telling the exact story or that you have the same intent and I think people forget that. And it, it goes not just with D&D, but we'll even talk about in a future podcast episode, like intellectual property law and like how people can abuse that system mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. to take down uh, their rivals, basically. And how, you know, storytelling is based on tropes that everybody recognizes and everybody uses. Yeah, I mean, if you tell a story that has a bunch of uh, original stuff that doesn't relate to anything, nobody's going to understand your story. That's, right. <laughs> that's the problem. And, like, the the only issue that I really run into, and I can't speak to, like, any specific instances of this, but it's, like, a uh, blackface at the table kind of thing, where if you, yeah. like, I can't, I'm not going to play a, a black character. Right. Uh, <laughs> I play somebody from, like, a, a life that I couldn't potentially live like i can play an elf that lived in the forest i can like put myself in that situation Mm -hmm. because it's like weird it's it's you're like a right and there's no real elves in the forest in real life whose experience you are Mm co-opting for your own personal gain and we will delve much deeper into this topic a little bit later in the episode um so i'm glad that you brought that up and that you have have thought about that of course because This has been a big topic recently. (laughs) So another player character in Exandria Unlimited is played by Amy Carrero. She's a Dominican, Puerto Rican, American voice actress. Like I said, she played She-Ra in the Netflix reboot. And she is a first time D&D player on this podcast, which is super exciting. Uh, I love when they bring in new players Especially having, like, Matt Mercer, who created the world that she is playing in, uh, be at the table with her and, like, help her create her character. I think that's super awesome. And, like I said, they brought uh, so many uh, people of color into their world and into their game. 
which I think really shows that Critical Role is like listening to their fans and acknowledging that, you know, they have an all-white cast in their, their main campaign. Um, and I just, I really appreciate this uh, little mini-series that they're doing. Oh, yeah. And I hope that they'll do more stuff like this and just continue to get better. Um, so Amy has a character named Opal. This is who she's playing. Uh, Opal is a human warlock with opalescent hair and an opal neck necklace. Mm -hmm. uh, Amy said in a tweet that Opal is whatever Exandria's version of Latina is, and yeah. drew on a lot of her own experience as a woman of color to uh, shape Opal's character. She worked with Matt and Abria to come up with where in this world uh opal would be from that was i think she said as close to laredo texas as they could get <laughs> yeah because uh, she that's... really wanted to shape her upbringing she wanted her upbringing in this world to shape the character and it was based off of her own upbringing which is awesome i love that yeah exactly that is uh, um that's very important like to every character you make is part of you anyways. And a lot of people are like, mm -hmm. Oh, this person is so different than me. It's like, no, it's not. It's yeah. you, you are in the, like your brain is in that character, yeah. no matter you how you want to do it. Divorce yourself from your creation, basically mm -hmm. your experiences and who you are as a person shape the type of uh, characters and stories that you make no matter what. Excellent. Excellent. So yeah, she <laughs> like, they made fantasy Texas. Mm -hmm. uh which is wonderful uh what happened and i believe it was a um a town or a city that was already existing in this world which is super cool oh, uh, yeah. so that ties into the lore even um so everybody was you know enjoying the the live stream enjoying the campaign um and then a, a tiktoker and twitch streamer by the name of freckled hobo um made i believe a tiktok i'm not really sure where all of this originated but i saw it first on tiktok um but this person has a million tiktok followers uh she has a monetized dungeons and dragons twitch stream she's played on other people's uh streams in their campaigns uh her twitter bio states that she's an actress model geek and public figure um so she makes a TikTok claiming that Opal was her character and that Amy had clearly stolen the character from her uh, because her character of Opal uh, was also a warlock, also had light hair, also had an Opal ne necklace, and the way that they played the characters even seemed a little bit similar, although... I went through and watched some of her TikToks where she cosplays as her character, Opal. And she's, like, ditzy, but she also is played as, like, an evil character who will, like, kill you mercilessly. She's evil-aligned. Yeah. And I, I don't think that Amy's Opal is like that, although I haven't watched enough of the campaign to know. But, like, I, I watched it, and I was like, I mean, I see the similarities of course uh but i also see the similarities between these characters and like opal from steven universe yeah and that's the thing is like steven universe did it kind of first <laughs> like 
Yeah. But, I mean, there's Pearl and uh, there the fusion of Pearl and Amethyst is Opal. Yeah. And uh, it's like opalescent hair, opal, mm-hmm. opal medallion. Uh, yep. It's it's a lot. <laughs> I like even looking at like the time frame of things. I'm confused as to like what the complaint is from Freckle Tobo's like. Is this a merchandised character that you've made that is popular enough that you can actually complain about it being stolen? Or is it like, oh, this character's kind of like mine? Right, like there's like, no copyright. She doesn't have like a, a legal claim to her character. Uh, and like, uh, anyway, she said that she'd reached out to Critical Role's legal team. Um, I believe she said that she intended to sue them or like implied it. Uh, she said that she reached out and that the talks did not go well and that she felt really belittled. Um, she then oh, made some... she got dunked on, like yeah, that's what we're yeah, like fairly, very fairly dunked on by a giant media thing, like right. They're like, oh, they have the same hair. Sorry. <laughs> um, so she she goes even farther and she says that she told their team that she would not sue them if they uh i think she had like three different options she either um they either took on her campaign that had opal as like an alternate universe version of this campaign and made it like official critical role lore what the fuck <laughs> like like canon that's why what what yeah or uh they gave her a guest role on critical role okay i don't understand like why you would go into like you guys really made me mad i want to be i want to work with you yeah like like, let me hang out with you for a couple hours and role play with these people who i'm mad at yeah it doesn't make any sense no so she's i i think she had one other option but i can't really remember what it was. It was ridiculous. Yeah, She's honestly, with basically these ones. extorting the people who stole her work to gain clout. Uh, she said that she did this because it seemed more simple and fun than going to court. Um, and she's since deleted uh, all of the TikToks in which and comments in which she said this. Um, but I will, I will fully credit. Um, a couple people uh, for collecting proof of this and for calling her out and holding her accountable. Um, but yeah, it's it's baffling. It, yeah, this is this is like I can't even do, relate this to some. We've talked about other things that are kind of like this in a weird way. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if it was on the podcast or not, but it's like uh, it's just like. What is she didn't do anything? <laughs> like, I don't yeah. get what I I don't. She has no ground to stand on for this. Uh-huh. And she's like, what did, what did she hope to gain from doing this? Like, is it just about trying to get like she the, she's saying people stole her work to gain clout, but she's saying that to them to get the the clout. It's such a weird. It's uh, it's so like backwards. And then so people were calling her out and saying that she was, you know, she was just doing this for clout. Uh she had even said in like a in one of her TikToks that she was a small creator and that uh for small creators their fans are are everything. Uh 
And then somebody said, you're doing this to gain clout. And she was like, I don't need clout. I have a million followers. Oh my God. And it's like, yeah. so, what, so which creator. one is it? She also said that everybody in the D&D community knew each other. And so uh, clearly the people of Critical Role must know, know who she is. Uh, and clearly they uh, copied her character. And I'm like, in what world does everybody in the D&D community know each other? One, it's gigantic. Two, I'm in the D&D community, and you have a million followers, and I've never heard of you. Yeah, it's, I, I don't even know where to start with this. This is, it's, this is another one that's making me mad. Mm -hmm. uh, just like, because, it, I mean, I'm not new to this. It's, it's the thing is happens over and over again all the time, and it's... It doesn't make any sense. Like, why would you think it would work this time? Unless, like, I don't know how old this person is, Freckled Hobo. Um, like, unless they haven't been around to see, like, this happening to other, like, content creators who are, like, oh, they're, they're obviously stealing my shit, right? Um, <laughs> yeah. It, it's, like, people that started wearing mustaches after uh, Dr. Disrespect's, like, he didn't go around saying you're stealing. Well, he, he might have because it's in character, but he's doing it, like, in right. a character way. Like he he didn't go around like I'm gonna sue you because we're in a mustache and then like actually try to do it. He probably like would have said I'm suing you and then moved Not on. Not done it. Yeah. Like it's like the weird conflation of like what I just don't get what you're trying to gain. Like mm -hmm. I don't know. And now this is where it starts to get a little fucky. Um, oh, starting okay. Yep. I'm this is where she starts to make me really mad is where she claims that, like, so she created Opal, I think, back in, like, January, maybe, at the mm -hmm. earliest. Um, and she claims only just recently that Opal is a woman of color. Oh, no. Uh-huh. I've seen and, the girl. You can't uh -huh, do that. Uh-huh. And so I think she just said this to give more claim to her to give more uh what word am i looking for more leverage uh, yeah i think she just said this to give more legitimacy to her claim mm, what, yeah. that uh opal was stolen by amy but it just created an even bigger shitstorm. uh people uh, rightly told her like white people shouldn't play characters of color yeah um and let me pull up the screenshot of her response to this because it's just yeah it's it, insane um it, so somebody told so her not to play a character of color and she said i love how people are making this a race issue because i'm not but you you all seem to think i can't play my character with darker skin that's you being racist against me what the fuck? No! <laughs> you can't say that. No. Like, what does that even mean? You can't just say that out loud or on the internet. You Absolutely not. Any white person on the internet trying to say that anybody is being racist towards them? You cannot. As, like, that's not how that works. It's, no, it's abso absolutely not. <laughs> like, I, I have a character that I've talked with you about that I even making, I was like, this is kind of, it's a skirting weird territory because he's a samurai. And I'm like, mm -hmm. I'm not Japanese. It, right. He's not even like, there is like an, I think there's an official wizard's samurai class. Let me look this up. I think I've seen it before. And somebody like linked to me once samurai 5e official class. 
I don't think there is, but like I think somebody linked me one that was in something. Mm. Um, I feel like I've seen that too. And they've got like a lot of like crazy mystical samurai powers. Like that's not really good. <laughs> like that's a bad look. It's like the monk class in Five E Standard is like kind of weirdly like it's very Asian coded. Yeah. It it's yeah. It's one of the only classes that is so also. Mm-hmm. Which it, it, is like extra interesting. Yeah. And like all the other classes are like, oh a druid, I guess you could maybe get Celtic uh yeah. vibes from it, but it's not like so coded into like, yeah, they lived in, in their Celtic region. Right. It's literally like monks live in monasteries and it's like, oh okay, I guess. But like yeah. the, the Samurai class is the same thing, but I ended up going with um for all the D D nerds that are listening. I'm playing a battle master fighter who is just samurai themed. And like, this is, this is better because it's not like mysticizing uh, yeah. Japan in a weird way. Right. And which even is the, the, the character fallen into is, a lot by people. Yes. The character is also like a gorilla man. Uh, and even then he's like a, he's more Wukong style than anything else. Like he's got ginger hair and tan skin because of the weird stuff that's happened. Um, and it's just like, I forgot where I was going with all this, but I'm like, even that, all that made me feel like I have to double check and triple check to make sure I'm not being offensive playing this character. Uh, and even in a private game, I don't want to be like the weird guy playing something. Yeah. I just wanted, I just wanted to have a guy that has a giant katana. That was my whole right. thing. And uh, I think I did a pretty good job so far. We haven't played I, yet, but. I would agree. Uh, so she later turned around and said that she only ever said that Opal was tanned, which like, I guess she's implying that Opal is a white person who has gotten a tan, but <laughs> All right. like, uh, sure, okay. But when you cosplayed as your character, you didn't put on like a self tanner, so uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, like, I think that's just she was like, "Oh, oops, I was, I did a racism. Let me yeah, oops, backpedal and pretend that I didn't." Um, and so. The Noir Enigma, whose pronouns are he, they, and Barnaby, whose at is that's underscore Barnaby, and their mm-hmm. pronouns are they, them, uh, both ha- have really good TikToks, TikToks, <laughs> TikToks on this specific topic, um, and they both bring up a really good point. Uh, that when Critical Role was all white and, like, Matthew Mercer, a white man, was the DM, nobody hurled any crazy accusations against them. Uh, But when a campaign featuring players of color and a black DM came out, a white woman immediately cried art theft and changed her character's race to make her accusations (laughs) seem yeah. more legitimate. Jesus. She weaponized her character's race, which wasn't even true, uh, against these that's, uh it's nuts. This whole yeah. thing is just nuts. I like there have been uh <clears throat> issues like with uh, critical role being all white and like I th- I wanna say one of the characters was not uh, uh <clears throat> I think one of the people was playing a person of color, maybe, yes. but I'm like I said, I don't know anything about critical role. Like so the... I know enough, and this is something that I people on TikTok for some reason have been tiptoeing around this fact, um, but the people of Critical Role are adults, and from what I can tell, they've handled criticism very well in the past, and so I think it's fair to criticize them. Uh, Marisha Ray plays a character 
Marisha Ray is white, and I believe she plays a black character. Um, and I just really feel like they should have reflected on that and yeah, that's not what I was thinking done about. it. Yeah. Um, and I think that, like, I'm, I think that Marisha should be held accountable for that, and nobody is that I've seen. I'm sure people are. Um, but I do not have any issue with saying that I don't think she should have done that. I don't think she should do it in the future. I just don't think, and this was another topic that I wanted to bring up with you specifically because mm -hmm. you've DM'd a lot. Um, people were not happy when other people on TikTok were saying that white people shouldn't play characters of color. Uh, and they were like, well, what about DMs? Uh, and I think a lot of people have said, and I agree, that there's a difference between creating a character and embodying them and and trying to present their experiences as your own and being a dm and you know playing like an npc who maybe even is related to like a, a character of color mm -hmm. who's played by a real person of color um do i think that a white dm should go out of their way to make a bunch of like stereotypical people of color? No, but I think that there's a difference between those two things. And I wanted to hear your take on that. I, it is as a DM racist to not include people like right. in, in your world building that are of different, uh, or in, like, uh, as, as uh, sexual orientations too, on top yeah. of racial, uh, racial backgrounds. Um, I mean, you're including elves and shit. You fucking put some black folks in the game. Just don't do voices. Exactly. Just don't do bad voices. Yes. Just speak normally. Just speak normally, respectfully. Don't make them the bad guys. It, don't it, make stereotypes. Without good reason, at least. Like, yeah. It, yeah. Like, you can't just make all of your bad guys. <laughs> like, it's very, very big uh, problem if you're making all of your bad guys a certain race. Mm -hmm. uh, even like, even in the fantasy races, like if you make yeah. all of your bad guys orcs, then it's like, what are you saying about orcs? What, what's your correlation to orcs in the real world? Because you have right. real world connotations here. And there's um, a whole conversation we could have about how so much of fantasy races and fantasy in general is based in like a racist yeah, like view. I mean, uh, goblins. Like even yeah. like fucking J.K. Rowling made goblins like uh -huh. worse. <laughs> like she yes. single handedly made she goblins more racist. Somehow made them worse. Yeah. Yeah, it, and it's like that's why in my world's goblins like don't have big noses. Like specifically, yeah, they they still like to steal things, but they don't like they don't have big noses because that's mm -hmm. you know that's an issue. Huge ears, like huge floppy ears, but. Um, yeah, like in any world I create, I'm not gonna go and like make an Afropunk world. Like, right, right. I, I love Afropunk as a as a uh, medium for storytelling, and some of my favorite uh, Swordsfall is very interesting as a. Uh, I don't know if you've seen that one. It's like uh, it's another game. I don't know if it's a five E spinoff or what. Swordsfall. I'm gonna look this up real quick. I I don't think I think it's its own standalone game. So Swordsfall okay. is a an Afropunk sci-fi sci-fantasy universe. So it's like uh it's like Black Panther a lot. And that's super uh, cool. It's very cool. I like it. It's one of my favorite, like um, not Wizard of the Coast RPG settings. Right. That I would love to play in. I wouldn't run it myself, but I would love to play in it. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Um but it's it, it is in that weird space of like, is is it okay for me to play like and that's something I have to tackle like on my own terms. <laughs> right. But I mean, that's things that it has like games have to be welcoming for everyone. Mm -hmm. And when you say that someone stole your character and 
have no nothing to back that up with because everything's been done in D anD D before. Um, they're just a fool. That's all. This yeah. person's just a fool. They're making a fool yeah. of themselves and a fool of the community. I agree, and like, I I do think some good has come out of this situation. Like I think it's really important to have these conversations, but specifically, I think it's really important to have these conversations without white people making it about themselves and uh, crying and making people of color hold their hand and explain things to exactly. them. Like, do your research. Uh, figure it out, have those uncomfortable conversations without feeling attacked. Uh, and and that's the issue with so many content creators that I see where they see any kind of, uh, anybody trying to hold them accountable as an attack when it it's so easy to just not, to just, you know. Yeah, just don't. Just, just don't. apologize and reflect like it... It's so frustrating to watch. It is, and it's, it's a lot. It shows a lot of people don't have that emotional growth to be able to do that. Yeah. Um, and like, you know, it, it, say if I like my character Bongo, the gorilla samurai. Um, if somebody came up to me and was like, "Man, that's kind of like a a bad way of portraying like the samurai aspect." Like, all right, yeah, you're right. You're probably right. Let's work on it, make it better. Right. Um, and then there's also like. I don't know. When I make worlds, I always make things from a very Eurocentric point of view because that's what I know. That's why like, right. I grew up here, like in America, and then like fantasy novels were like King Arthur's Court kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's what I have my knowledge base on. And that's what like, like the tropes that I can make use of. Yeah. Um, I wouldn't go out of my way to make like a an Asian adventure. <laughs> like, right. It, like, it just doesn't sit well. My place to uh, set a story. And have mm-hmm. like emotional arcs, yeah. Like come from e- that. Even Bongo, the character, is not like the. It's such a weird like thing to talk about, but it is. It's important to talk about how to do things in a correct way in this setting. It's like Bongo himself isn't of the like the samurai racial background. Yeah. Like the 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 Japanese inspired people mm-hmm. uh, are like a dwarf um, kingdom. And they, I made them a dwarf kingdom in the backstory because, like, the folded steel is like, oh, this is something that in fantasy, dwarves are, like, super obsessed with, like, making perfect weapons and stuff. Mm. Uh, so ma- having a group of dwarves that are Japanese-inspired and make, like, super great katanas is very, like, I, that's the way that I made it. I was like, I think this works the best for the background and putting it right. into this world. And uh, the DM for that game also has, like, a, a nice background system for like oh they there are certain groups that look certain ways or act certain ways or have certain architecture because they peer into like the magical mists and see into our world or different worlds and get inspiration from there so it's you know that's how we kind of work that all out and it's they don't it's not like the dwarves speak japanese they just make katanas right that's that's the whole thing yeah and and like it's uh you know i would never play that sort of character in any sort of production mm-hmm. <laughs> i would Absolutely. play like i would play like a white guy who's obsessed with japanese culture but that's <laughs> right like, even playing, that's like uh, yeah even that's like uh maybe too much kind of thing right you'd have to make it very clear that you're like trying to make a point and not condoning mm-hmm. your character's actions 
I would I would either no I even if I was doing that I think he would like come off as that at first but then yeah. like actually super respectful and like oh, yeah, yeah, I, just yeah. Know, I I know a lot because I really enjoy the culture and like I study it a lot and you know that's just I I just really like katanas <laughs> right that's the whole that's like me too it's like I really yeah. like I like uh, a lot of other cultures you uh, wouldn't be most... a character that was like uh, calling people baka every other yeah exactly yeah <laughs> and like, like pretending like they're Japanese mm-hmm. yeah yeah it's just but then you get people that are just like i'm gonna stir the pot or i'm gonna do racist things because i grew up racist and no one uh beat the shit out of me for it so yep and i don't want to self-reflect at all and uh everybody is bullying me because that's what she's saying is uh that people are bullying her um and she was like well i expected you guys to be on my side as as a nerd because we've haven't we all been bullied but now you guys are bullying me and it's like you're there's a difference between bullying and holding somebody accountable for the shitty things that they're doing and it's undeniable that she's doing shitty things yeah um so this we're not even done sounds <laughs> yeah. in this because I, I wrote it out like this as my closing statement for this whole case because i did start naming everything that we do case files uh mm. like you know i that's just the theming for the, the naming of it we don't do any like investigation besides like looking stuff up but uh, yeah i mean i, I did, did start... do um you do a lot of investigation i just say i don't do any investigation i just organize the case files that's my my role but i did my extensive clo- research but i didn't reach out to anybody so yeah um yeah we just use publicly available information yeah. that's the whole thing uh that is that fits the case file theme because we're just looking through like old stuff right yeah um but my closing statement for this in general is her name on on the internet is freckled hobo and uh, people didn't expect shitty things <laughs> like right like wait wait that's something that i wanted to bring up and i forgot like it's kind of shitty to make it a like a cutesy persona and she calls her followers her hobos yeah i don't like that like you're you're calling yourself like basically a homeless person yeah and like and... a very specific subset of like uh it's not even homeless it's just people that uh you know travel across the country using you know whatever methods they can right that's the life they want to live or like they're forced into it and it's right. like in that in that space the best term to use for anybody is a community member not a hobo yeah like, <laughs> like and like girl you live in la come on uh-huh. um and that uh so that, was, so that goes into the next thing i wanted to say which this person's at is uh i believe it's Peros rena um but i'll have it linked uh she tweeted a clip from uh freckled hobo's live stream her most recent one uh where she was playing D as the dm and freckled hobo used uh the g slur and the person Ooh. who tweeted this is a member of the romani community um and i just one i want to thank them for uh bringing this up and posting that uh because that's another really important conversation i still hear a lot of people use this word i hear a lot of people self-identify and then you like hey are you romani like i don't know what that is like we'll shut up then like yeah. <laughs> you can't it's it, people don't and it's like people still use like uh the the action ter- action verb for it like when they lose something like or they yes 
it, it, it's like uh, stop doing that. <laughs> yeah, you have to stop. Can't mm-hmm. be doing that. So yeah. if you don't know what word it is, you can Google it, and maybe we can put like a link to an article about yeah, why we'll... you shouldn't use that in the yeah. comments or something. There's going to be a lot of links mm-hmm. to uh, uh, attached to this podcast because this is something that's ongoing, and I did collect uh, this. You know, this isn't old. I collected a lot of information from TikTok and Twitter, uh, so I do want to credit. Ba-ba-ba. Uh, the cosplay bunny on TikTok, whose pronouns are she, her. Uh, the noir enigma on TikTok, whose pronouns are he, they. That's underscore Barnaby on TikTok, whose pronouns are they, them. Um, and then badass assassin on Twitter. And then I think on TikTok, they're badass assassin one, whose pronouns are she, they. Um, and I will talk about them a little bit more in the next episode um we are going to have links to all of them um on our twitter and our youtube and anywhere else where we can put links um so visit those if you'd like to um watch i highly recommend going to all these people's tiktoks because they have a lot of good in-depth discussion and they are also just good content creators um and i think it's important to boost them because they're doing all of this work uh to make people aware of stuff going on in the community um and there's also a charity stream uh that i want to promote it is hosted by that six foot one girl on uh twitch it is a one-shot called Oops All Opals, in which oh, no. the players all play <laughs> warlocks named Opal, and Love it's that. happening this Friday, July 30th, and it benefits the Dots RPG Project, a nonprofit for disabled tabletop RPG players. That's wonderful. Um, we are Fern and Toby of Fandom Fighters. Yeah. Thank you so much for listening. Um, I, before we end, actually, uh, you're, oh, you're yeah. steamrolling me. You're just, Sorry. I'm going to slow down. <laughs> uh, <laughs> we have comments on stuff that I wanted to read off. These are all YouTube comments. Um, and uh, we're I, I hooked it up so that all of our stuff go out to YouTube and multiple uh, release platforms. Mm-hmm. And I'm super happy that I checked because like uh, two weeks ago, we had some comments. And then just as recently as two days ago, we got a comment from Nymphius. Oh, uh, Nymphia says, I've been listening to binge your podcast all of last night and this morning, and I really enjoyed it. Very interesting topics, discussions, and you and your guest are very likable and pleasant to listen to. I hope you'll keep making some more, because I found your show very entertaining and informative. Nice work. I'm also bad at writing comments, but I thought I might help you out feed the algorithm. Of, algorithm. Algorithm a bit. Uh, yeah, thank you for feeding the YouTube beast of the algorithm. Yes, thank uh, you so. And it, you are not bad at comments. That no, just made my a, entire day. I'm so a bad you. comment lever. I'm the bad one. <laughs> Me too. Uh, so thank you to Nymphaeus. Uh, Overdone Skeleton also left a couple nice comments. Uh, and Miss Colleen said, y'all deserve more subs. And that Aww. is true. We have uh, we have 18 subs on the YouTube as of uh, recording now. Wow. And if we get that to like 1 million by tomorrow, that'd be pretty yeah. cool. Uh, probably probably going to get there in no time at all. But uh, Yeah, and if we don't get it to a million, um, 
I'm going to sue you guys or <laughs> um, I'm going to force you all to put me on your podcasts and your live streams. So. Yes, I'll do the same. Yeah. Also, uh, if you leave comments, uh, I will try to leave, read them out and then uh, until that becomes too much to do. And then we'll do like highest voted comments and stuff like that. Yes, but, perfect. Uh, let us know what you thought of uh, Freckled Hobo's whole thing. Uh, this is nuts, and we'll see you for uh -huh. the next episode. Which is also going to be a continuation of this episode, <laughs> yes. because there is even more to talk about. All right, see you later. Bye!